0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's another Sunday. Yes, your weekend continues around Australia. It's the 3rd of July for 2022. Coming up, we've got the Sunday Week in Review. It's a look back on some of the news and interviews that we've done over the last seven days. Also, Amy is here with details about how you can now enter the Hunter Valley prize that we're giving away. Now, you need those seven secret words to go into the drawer. If you didn't write them down, you can go back and find them in previous podcasts. Let's have a look at who is celebrating a birthday today It's Tom Cruise He's got the big number of 60 And he's got the big movie out of course Anybody that I know that has seen the movie Is raving about Top Gun And if you are celebrating your birthday today Have a great Sunday
0: The competition is now open You can enter the Hunter Valley Prize Giveaway Remember, you need 7 secret words If you are not a Breakfast Club member yet You can put in the header new breakfast club member, and please include your phone number. We need to be able to contact you if you win. You can email us at myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. Entries close on the 10th of July. Good luck. Grab your coffee and switch on your real estate breakfast every weekday morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au.
1: All right, looking at your Sunday weekend weather. First, we go to Sydney, expecting more rain and a high of 17 degrees. In Melbourne, expect some more cloud around, but it should be mainly dry and 13 degrees. Brisbane, also some cloudy bits, but a mainly dry Sunday and 21 and in Perth, expecting blue skies and your high today is 20.
0: From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between. Every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. What about
1: the, the confidence? Do you feel like that confidence with the buyers and I guess, you know, vendors is creeping back now into the marketplace?
2: I feel it was last week and moving forward, there's a bit more certainty around interest rates. There's good job security at the moment and people know where they're at. There's no mysterious what's going to happen in the future. Everybody knows where the interest rates are headed, that they're going to go up. So they're budgeting for that.
1: What are you making of people's budgets at this moment in time?
2: Yes, everyone's being a bit more careful, but unlike last year when people were just low interest rates, don't care, I'm going to pay the most money I possibly can. Now everyone's a bit more measured and more sensible. It's more predictable now, I feel, moving forward.
1: And talking about being measured, I believe that when it comes to buffers, you like to have a bit of a conversation with regarding one price and then the buffer price. Tell us a little bit about that conversation.
2: I always have that conversation with buyers. I think it's important because you'll always have that price or a buyer will always have that price that they'll high five their mates at the pub. Yes, I bought this property yesterday, but I always say it's really important to have that buffer price as well. The push comes to shove price because you don't want to wake up the next day and go, I should have had another bid. I should have had a buffer on that. So we always have that conversation just before auctions and, and sales so so people don't walk away.
0: Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review.
1: Okay, so phasing out stamp duty is going to reduce the deposit hurdle, which is a major barrier for first home buyers. How much do you think of a bump in the number of people now getting into the market that you'll start to see benefiting from this move?
3: Mate, we're seeing already seeing that people calling in clients that we would have spoken to over the last six to twelve months who didn't have the deposit just yet. Um, now they are getting very excited, so we are hoping for a significant increase. Ideally, it should double the number of first home buyers that we look at next year, and that's just a very conservative guess because. There are a lot of first home buyers in that boat with savings of just under 50,000 when they don't have to fork out an additional 20 or 30,000 in stamp duty they're pretty much ready to buy a house.
1: Wow, that's quite significant. So doubling the amount of people that you're going to see. And another thing that I hadn't considered is that stamp duty has been deterring families from moving house when, for example, they might have got a job, a new job, perhaps in another city. They wanted to take the job, but the whole move with the stamp duty had been a factor for them not moving, not moving to a better job, unaffordably able to move to another city.
3: Absolutely. And that's a big one uh, because I like the government's intention here because it's a bit of good news paired with all the other things that are happening in the market with interest rates and everything. So if we are allowing more property transactions, allowing people to move for a job, for family, it does create a bit more churning of properties in the market, which is all good for the economy.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review.
1: You've probably not
3: heard this sort of story before,
1: somebody wanting to buy in the same street or road as their name before, right?
4: No, I hadn't. I hadn't. When I was chatting with Tara's parents at the open home, instantly she told me how it was always a childhood dream of her daughters that couldn't make it to the open home that day. And uh, that she'd always wanted to live in Tara Drive and they were so excited and I knew at that time that they were going to put a contract in on the, on the property. And, yeah, so when it all got, came confirmed and Tara finally got to have a look at the property, it was, yeah, it was really quite a um, lovely story and, and you could tell that, it, you know, really was a dream come true for Tara and for the whole family.
1: So what, what happens next because you've bought Tara Drive but it's not your home. So (laughs) when you come to buy, what's going to happen? Are you going to move just two doors down from mum and dad or have you got a plan?
5: Well, I don't know if I could afford in the same area at my age, but um, I reckon I'll stay there for a little while yet complete, finish uni and then yeah, see where I go after that.
1: Now you're coming up 18 years of age. I did have a quick look And I saw that there is a Jones Street in Burnie. Would that appeal?
5: That could definitely do something.
1: Yeah, and I also found that there's a Tara Street. I think it's Hobart. Oh, is there? You don't know this?
5: I feel like I might have heard it, mentioned it or something.
1: South Hobart, Tara Street. So I thought, well, let's throw a couple of options up for you. You've probably got a few years to think about it.
5: Tara Street's the way to go then.
1: And what about that, Anita? Perhaps you could hook her up when the time is right.
5: Yes,
4: Tara Street in South Hobart. There's also a Patrick Street in the city as well. So maybe I'll hook them both up with a a new property in either one of those streets.
1: Yeah. So maybe what happens is you give us a call back when you buy that property in a few years' time. We'll bring everybody up to speed.
5: (laughs) That sounds like a great story there.
1: All right. Well, look, thanks for jumping on the call with us and all the best of luck for the new home. I hope it all goes well.
5: Yeah, thank you. A few days till we move now, but it's getting quite close. Enjoy
0: your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend
1: podcast in review. And what was it that made you particularly want to become an auctioneer and how much of a challenge was that when you first started?
6: I absolutely got a kick out of the process, the whole campaign um, from start to finish, but in particular that pointy end bit at the property where you saw the auctioneer have to build quite a connection um, quite quickly with the vendors um, and of course the buyers as well, meeting them most of the time on that day. I loved how uh, you have to think on your feet, you know, it's, it's a quick process, but you become quite close to the people um, and they, they trust you. So it's important that you are a trustworthy person and you work with the agent. You're really at that pointy end of the deal and afterwards, whether it sells or it doesn't sell, you've sort of gained trust um, from the vendor and the buyer and you can work towards a sale afterwards. But of course, if it does sell under the hammer, the best feeling in the world is seeing the vendors and the buyers celebrate. I just absolutely love that, that feeling.
1: And Tara, I've seen a few female auctioneers in action and I've seen you as well. Women, it seems to me, They don't style the way they run an auction off the way the boys do. It's more, shall we say, quite calm, even subdued, which has that completely different style and vibe, which I think it's very contrasting between the two sexes.
6: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think we're very used to seeing that block style auction where it's kind of bridging on the yelling thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I I certainly have toned it down. I feel um, personally, and this is just a personal opinion, that people, if they're feeling comfortable at an auction, they will be more inclined to bid. That has worked for me in the three years I've been doing it. I just work on making people feel comfortable. um I entice them to bid. You know, I think that's just that says something within the industry, and especially how we're going. People really have to feel comfortable in auction. um and if they feel comfortable, they'll bid, and often they will they'll pay more <laughs> cheekily. It's your real estate weekend podcast
0: in review.
7: Like obviously the land value will go up each year, so. Your repayments are going to go up each year as well, and the biggest thing for me was uh, serviceability. So me as a first home buyer, by myself, I don't have a I don't have a partner that I'm going in with. I could only get a loan up to six hundred thousand just because of my earnings. Using the five percent deposit, that's only a thirty thousand dollar deposit, and I've I've got almost double that. So it was really just serviceability. So if I had to pay more money every year on top of that for the land tax, it would make it even harder to to manage my finances. So that's why I sort of wanted to opted opt for the the paid out in the first go and then I not have to worry about it.
1: And you might not even end up paying stamp duty because you might secure something under the cap so just explain that cap for our first home buyers that are listening in terms of that situation for you.
7: Yeah, well, currently the the, the cap is um, six hundred and fifty thousand, and then in the in the new financial year it will be even more. I believe in it will be eight hundred thousand. And I reckon that a lot of first home buyers will be in the same position as me, where they they wouldn't be able to afford a property worth more than eight hundred thousand. So in that regards, they wouldn't have to pay any stamp duty at all because yeah, they wouldn't be purchasing a property over eight hundred thousand. So the new land tax wouldn't affect them at all. So it would be it would be kind of pointless for them.